Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John creates a death metal boy band and ponders what would be on our podcast's official bingo card. Meanwhile, I have difficulty rolling my R's and take a moment to honor the 80s TV star who went skiing and gave us all a brand new catchphrase. Plus a conversation about being centered and why doing the right thing is important even if the results aren't always perfect. Today's episode is not sponsored by Trampoline Parks, the most fun you'll ever have spraining your ankle. But first... A word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now, 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now, 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Johnny, it's precision. It's intelligence. Let's talk about that. It's neither of those things. It sounds like a watch commercial. It does. Because <laughs> you just said... Um, Were you... Okay, so you're five years younger than me. Do you remember the Swatch craze? Did you have swatches? I remember. I did not have one, but I recall it. You couldn't afford it? Was it a thing like it was a little out of your... I don't know if I didn't want one. Like it wasn't, really? It wasn't like a big... So by then they had kind of faded. Maybe. Yeah, I was into Vision Streetwear. Oh. And uh, Tony Hawk skateboard. Vision Streetwear was what? Like the loud colored stuff? Loud colors? and Skater type yeah. stuff. Yeah. Grunge. Okay. A little grungy. I was like a preppy grungy. Were you? I brought the prep to grunge, John. You were a grunge prep? <laughs> It was like it's like a polo shirt and then like a flannel over top. <laughs> Do you remember those Senor Lopez shirts? No, I think that's what they were called. No, they they still have them. Okay, they're like, um, oh, my wife's dying now. They're like they're not fleece, but they're like woven blanket material made into oh, a hoodie. Right, with a, it's like a baja. Yeah. what we used to call those. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you do like that. With some shorts and yeah, your Vision Streetwear shoes. And, so you were uh, wearing a basically a blanket with shorts. Yeah, I do that now. Yeah, you do. You have a very interesting like you. You bring uh, my wife does that too. She brings like a jacket with her no matter where we go Everywhere. because she knows that there's going to be air conditioning. My you pull hand. your you pull your hood over your head at lunch, uh-huh. like you're like a, a Sith Lord <laughs> hovering over your eggs, just trying to. <laughs> Rocking, you could. I can barely see your face. Yeah. You're just like, bring him to me, bring me the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, um, that's because the bald head. Yeah, I mean, I was always cold even before I went bald. They say that 98 percent of the heat in your body escapes through your head. 
Is that the, is that the exact it's not precision? True. I read that that's not true at all. Actually, it's a myth. That whole thing what? of like, you got to keep your head covered because all the heat in your body escapes through your head. It's like, it's not true. Where did you read it wasn't true? I don't Like Huffington Post or uh, <laughs> Cracked or something? Patriot.us. <laughs> like, I, don't, I love when they're debunking things that I still believe. Like, I'm, it's, yeah. you know what, Johnny, there's so much fake news. Can you imagine, like, you have a parent that's still alive, okay, but can you, I always think about what my mom would do with like Snopes.com or like there were so many urban legends that were getting passed around in yeah. my household that yeah. we know now are just not true. Right. And I think it's interesting to think about like what an old person, you know, would do with all that. Like if she got it all at once, like right. a fire hose of none of this was true. Right. Marilyn Manson was never in your youth group. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know if my mom spread that one. That was a... <laughs> Well, what that was one of my favorite ones though in church culture was that there was a boy who came to our camp one year and none of the kids hung out with him and blah 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 and then and he went on to be Marilyn Manson. Oh, we say it was it a way to kind of like say like welcome people to the table and yeah. don't reject anybody because they could go on to be a very successful pop star. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call him a pop star. Well, I mean, it, okay. Yeah, he's. Have you seen him? Yeah, I'm not. He's not fitting the mold per se. It's not, no, it's not in your Timberlake. Yeah. lane. Okay, sure. at all. Yeah, but that's why they don't tell I'm that not, story. I'm not trying like, to come. That guy went on to become Justin Timberlake. That's true. <laughs> they don't like, do oh, that. Oh wow. Yeah, it's always something. Like, <laughs> they're like, wow, we should stop talking. And I'm not to trying to act like I'm a Marilyn Manson fan or anything. Oh, you I know mean, you love it. Not, I can hear it in your not, car. Not anymore. We had a falling out. Remember, I always wanted to start a boy band. Yeah. Called Marilyn Hanson. Oh no, I don't remember this. You don't remember that, yeah. Marilyn Hanson. Yeah, that'd be like a boy band. Yeah. metal, a boy metal band. You never seen it? No. Uh, huh? Marilyn that could happen. Hansen. Marilyn like three Hansen. part harmony. Screams. Three part harmony. Yeah. Yeah. You scream in three part harmony. But it, yeah, and you're. It's really dark subject matter. Right. But it's in perfect harmony. Right. And there's like they're doing the actual like boy band kind of cheesy dances mm-hmm. with all the like metal guitar players around them, so they have to keep some elements of boy band. Yeah. But the music, yeah, is super dark. I like stuff that's really pretty and has dark subject matter. Like some of the things that I have in my show are that way. I was working on one the other day, and I don't know if it'll ever happen, but it's like in the 70s, there was a lot of things of like, you send me to outer space, you make me feel like I'm floating, all that kind of uh-huh. imagery in a song. Uh-huh. And I wanted to do something like that that was very 70s. And then basically, at the end of the song, you just slowly, you're really in space, and you slowly just freeze to death. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then you, you just your body's explode. I was thinking maybe your tether got broken and I just watch you float off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, into yeah, yeah. And then yeah. your body just explodes, <laughs> it caves in on itself. You know, like a love song. I just I don't know why. I'm a very dark sense of humor. It is. It's out there, but I like it. Anyway, look for that later on in yeah. Spotify. That's good. It won't be there. But I don't maybe know how you make a seventies. Because it's just you and an acoustic. Well, no, I'm saying like we add, we would add like a track oh, or a synth. Track. Yeah, I'm, John, a you don't know, you don't know what I got. Wow, you don't know what I got. I've been doing this thing now where I read from my journal in the shows, uh-huh. and I have a track that we made, and it's really like introspective piano, and it's very lilting and fun. And I, so I call for it. I'll go, hey, um, I want to read from my journal. Can I read some of these new jokes? And they go, yeah, yeah. And I go, uh, it, this helps with like to have some kind of introspective, like contemplative piano music. Do we have anything like that? And then they'll fire that track. And I go, that guy's on top of it. And they'll all clap. And I go, I sent that track. <laughs> he did nothing. He hit play. It's just so funny to like <laughs> praise the guy and then pull just it back. Take him right down. Take it right back. Yeah. Anyway, I would never do that to you, John. No. When I praise none. you. 
Oh, it's for real every time. Come on. I don't know. I don't accept praises, Johnny. Um, no? Yeah. Well, I just mean like praise like I would my dog. Oh, not like praise like, and worship. Good boy. Not like, get, not like worship you. Okay. Because that would get weird. I can praise you without worshiping you, John. Remember when Paul performed the miracles? The Bible says that they could scarcely restrain the crowds from sacrificing animals to them. Oh, I don't know. I don't That's what that. I thought of what you meant. Like, no. I try I to know. stop people from sacrificing animals and worship to me. No. Like, it's just. We, yeah. you, you've seen it once, you've seen it a hundred times. You know yeah, you're like, this isn't even what we do anymore. Guys, there's, there's a carpet in here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? What are we, and who Don't brings come, a goat? Who brings a goat and slashes its neck in front of me and thinks like, this is okay to do. Right, and you'll like this. We're in a Chili's, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Acts chapter... Acts chapter was... Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> are you listening to Lectio 365 with yeah. our group right now? Uh-huh. Yeah. How about the, the guy's an amazing accent, doesn't he? Yes. So the, the brogue. Yeah, like it's a. Uh, I think he's South African. Actually, he South might African. Be, he might be. No, he might be South African. But anyway, it's it's a deep African. Is it more of a drawl if it's South African? No, it's got. He rolls his R's. Okay. He says, um, uh, "Breathe slowly." I'm not going to try to do his accent. Come on. I get to do this, the rolling of the R's. Oh, boy. But he says, you know. And then we recenter. Re- when he says recenter our oh, scattered senses. Yeah. You know? And then when he does the P R A Y, P this R this, and he always <laughs> rolls that R just there. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I can't. I can't roll my R's. Really? No. I can make. I can. I, it comes from the back of my throat. You're I can't. Gargling. I can't. I'm gargling. I'm yeah, not rolling. Sadie, I'm gargling my R's. Sadie can't do it either, and I try to teach her all the time. I wonder what that is. It's like the people who can fold their tongue in half. I just think this is like. Skill set. I think anyone can learn oh, this, you and you're just you. lesser than. Like you, oh. you've just not developed properly. Well, that's hurtful. Yeah, but with Sadie, it's so funny. She can't do it either. And so when I'm trying to teach her, we start just end up just cackling, listening to the noises that come out of yeah. her as she tries, as she tries to, do to figure it, it out. It's so funny. So okay, funny. so speaking of being centered, it reminded me. Recently. There's a there's a video of Deshaun Watson who plays for the Browns now, and. Uh, quarterback mired under considerable controversy over the last few years but anyway he before the game it just shows him in the middle of the game but it shows what his pre-game mindset is and he's just literally looks like he's falling asleep he's on the bench and there's like a coach with him who's like i don't know if the coach is talking to him giving him affirmations but deshaun's just kind of nodding off he's just kind of there and i guess he's meditating players do that now they have like meditation coaches and so somebody posted somebody shared a clip of that and said uh, I guess they're a former player, and it says, "When I was at state, we had a sports psychologist who would take us through a meditative exercise after the pregame meal. They would turn off the lights, you'd close your eyes, focus on your breathing, etc. It was an excellent way to get relaxed and centered before losing to UAB." <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get relaxed and centered, and you're still not good enough. Right. So I think it's important to tell our audience that. Yeah. We want you to be centered. We want you to focus on the right things. Yeah. And also. You know, sometimes life's going to kick your butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes UAB just has a better quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, yeah, this is all the spiritual parallels. Isn't that just like our lives? So. Yeah. Sometimes you are UAB. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you're the other. The best, the best uh, vitamin for a Christian is to be, be one. one. The, the best way to be a quarterback is UAB. Wait. One. UAB one. UAB one. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Johnny, uh, we should take a moment and hear from a few of our sponsors. Are you down for that? Yes. Let's do it. 
I was actually thinking about the recentered things a little bit. I was, I was praying this morning a little bit, and like I, I'd confessed to our group, <laughs> like, "Hey yeah. guys, I'm a little angry, a little wary on some things." And yeah. so I was kind of praying about it, and I had like this this realization that you, the thing about getting yourself right sometimes is not so that everything around you goes right. I think that's a real. Oh yeah. Like it may be for you to be able to make it through whatever didn't go right uh-huh. and then return to it. It may be that you don't even stay perfectly in your spot of yeah. being like not angry, not in control, all those things. I mean, that's ideal. Yeah. I believe sometimes I'm reacting significantly less. <laughs> like I may be, you know, 50% better than I would have been if I hadn't kind of found it spent that time with God, spent that time getting my mindset yeah. right. Um, but at the end of the day, I still am so human. But the the great thing is, is a place to return to. But I do think American culture, and I know this with a lot of teenagers, I've experienced this. There is a sense of, if I do this thing right, then things should be right. They should go right, well. The result should be perfect. Right. If my, yeah. And it's been very, it's very jarring whenever you're expecting, because you're good, you and God are good. Uh-huh. And then he doesn't, move the circumstance mm-hmm. to the place that you were asking him to but yet you were good so it's like it's kind of a i don't know yeah that's a tough one yeah it's like uh well and you know sports did that to us a little bit too you know you think like people you say practice makes perfect and then i heard somebody say no it's perfect practice makes perfect like you have to and then in comedy you say seinfeld or somebody i saw this the other day and it was really interesting he said don't don't do your routine until you get it right. Do it until you cannot get it wrong. Yeah. So he said when he was practicing for the Tonight Show, he would run five miles a day throughout New York City, through the boroughs. Yeah. And he was going over that. And he would do it at night, too. He would do that. That five minutes was in his set somewhere when he would do an hour spot somewhere. And he would do that five minutes as part of it. Or he would just go up and do five somewhere and then do five. He'd do ten spots around New York City getting ready for the Tonight Show. The very first one, Johnny Carson. So he goes around, does it, but he's doing it in his head. And he's like, I wanted to be to the point where if someone was punching me in the face, I could do it. And I think there's something to that where we just think that that's how life is going to be. Like, oh, I'll just be, I'll be perfect and the results will be perfect because I did all the work. Right. And sometimes it's just not. Sometimes you can't, you can't get a perfect result. No, I mean, you can... I mean, what the old cliche, but it's so true. Like, um, life is not life is is like a box ten, of chocolates. Life is ninety percent. Okay, excuse me. Life is ten percent what happens to you, and ninety percent how you react to it. Yeah, but we kind of get and that fifteen percent math, right? And then yeah, then you take two percent. What's for the other? <laughs> you take two percent. <laughs> yeah, but it's a thirty percent goes to the government. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that like you you really feel like life is what's happening yeah and you miss it like and it sounds i hate it because of sports cliches or the work cliches mm-hmm. and we talk about it a lot with sadie on hey you know you really can't control what happens yeah. you can control how you show up yeah you know you you can't even control your play like you can go out there and do the best <clears throat> that you can do but your play may not be great tonight if what? that's the case you still the only thing controls i think react. i don't know if it's being a being a parent or being like uh, accessing the therapy or just getting older, but like you definitely have tapped into a more restful side of yourself the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like at peace with not achieving 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like I've noticed that about you. I was like, oh man, because like I, I texted you. I was texting you last night, and you go, I'm still here. You were at a volleyball game. You were like, <laughs> we're nine, still it here. Nine thirty. Yeah. Yeah, and you would, and I had texted you like six thirty. Yeah. And you were like, well, the JV did really well. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I text you later, how did the varsity games go? And you go, we're still here. And I was like, holy moly, like, this would not have been sustainable for John Driver five years ago. You'd have been like, what am I not getting done? Right, where's my laptop? Now you're like, I'm in this moment with my kid. This is this is my job. And to be clear, when she's not dressing varsity, I do still go out to the car during varsity sometimes and take my laptop. Everything you just said about me was beautiful yeah. and untrue. No, <clears throat> I think that there's a it, – it's not like you – know, you said something at breakfast this morning about, like, there are things you can't take credit for, you know? Mm. There there are things I would say this. I haven't, like, gone and found great things. I have been humbled. Yeah. And I'm still being humbled, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. So if anything like that has happened, it's like a lot of just – you but know, it's like you're accessing the real stuff, too, though. It's not like, oh, man, you've really grown and now you've relaxed. It's like, no, like, that's the good stuff. Like, you were going to miss that if you didn't figure oh, that out. Yeah. You were going to miss out on that thinking, oh, the good stuff is the next book I'll write. No, the good stuff is at the volleyball game. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, you were going to miss that if you hadn't figured that out. And so I think it's so cool. I had to have some books that you thought you got to put your energy into something. And then when it doesn't, even if it does well, it doesn't fulfill you yet. And I'm praying that, cause you know, they say that, uh, the days are long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm feeling that that's not scientifically possible, but <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and Neil deGrasse Tyson. You there, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson's famous for being like a huge, like killjoy, like yeah, contrarian. He'll come in and just be like, actually, he's yeah. a very well, actually. Yeah. And so I'm going to go ahead and Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah. there and say that <laughs> your daughter is growing up at the exact, exact rate same, yeah. yeah, that she would have. But, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm asking God, like, slow da- slow us down. Yeah. Like, this is, and, and you get so stressed with things, mm-hmm. you can be like, stressing your way through what you will look back on as one of the greatest times of your life. And right. It's like, or thinking that the, like, that stress makes you a more aware human. Like, right. I'm more in touch because I'm freaked out. Why isn't everybody else freaked out? Yeah. You take pride in how worried you are about things uh-huh. or how much more. Uh, it's like your hand is on the third rail and nobody else is even. And you're like, yeah, but you don't, take your hand off of it. Yeah. You don't have to be this. Well, and the sixth part of us really, I mean, again, that's why I have to confess worry. Like, yeah. Well, I think what I said in the text was I, be, I indulged. Mm. There have been some worries I've indulged in. Having worries all the time. Yeah. I don't call them worries. I just call them. I'm always managing a committee in my head. Right. Who are all talking through what we need to do, looking ahead. Right. Expectations. What, what our concerns are, our expectations, how to yeah. prepare. So that you can, it's not all worry. That's just what I bring to the world, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry, world. Um, That's your gift. You yeah. bring. <laughs> I do. I bring like, yeah. so at the table, if we had a real table, we're sitting there, I'm probably thinking of things that non sixes are not thinking of. You know, it's so funny. We're talking about, we were getting ready for Advent yesterday. So mm-hmm. our, our creative director is so like on it. So we're talking through Advent already and like specifics of the services. And, and as we film this, this is September. Yeah, we're in September. So yeah. we're already talking about Advent yeah. at church. And yeah. so Andrew goes, and we laugh so hard, like Andrew, our lead pastor, who's a seven, and the sevens, if you don't know Enneagram guys, is like, they're adventurers. Like, they're, 
things are always great. Yeah. They, they reframe negative yeah. things into positive. You get a flat tire. It's like, well, I guess we get to learn to change a flat today. Exactly. It's yeah. very you, – you, I bet we're supposed to meet a, a random nomad yeah. because of this. Yeah. And, they'll, and then they'll lead us to another thing. Oh, my gosh. It's like a side quest. Yeah. Andrew's a huge side quest guy. Yes. If he was in a video game, he would walk up to every mystical warlord and ask for advice <laughs> in Zelda. <laughs> Right. Just see what happens. <laughs> right. And I love it. We need seven so much, but they also avoid pain yeah. at all costs. Too. Okay. So when they need to feel it, Andrew's a healthy seven. So he's really, he yeah. has the last five years too made so many strides there. I think pain is my side quest. I'm like, hmm, mm, how can I make this, this bad? How can I ruin this? <laughs> but he, when Christmas gets brought up, yeah. he turns into the most seven kid oh, yeah. you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's so funny because the team is trying to like nail down the songs so yeah. that the band can practice and uh-huh. not be freaked because Christmas songs are hard. Right. And so like there's a lot of prep there. We're like, we just need them to know to learn what uh-huh. they're going to do because it's got all these, you know, major seven. He's down there making dissonant. cocoa for everybody. But he won't, he doesn't want to commit to it uh-huh. because he wants Christmas to be like, guys, let's just show up that day, man. And maybe we'll make cocoa and we maybe we'll have our jammies on. Yeah, what if we came down in our jammies? Maybe Santa will come in the back and maybe, maybe, won't, you know, like, yeah. and, and he, he does, he makes Christmas so fun. Yeah. You know, but the, it was, I said, dude, you are the most seven at Christmas of anybody I know because it's like all plans don't need them let's just go. And, and in many ways yeah I need to listen to him more because he's right like in some ways Christmas is more fun you need to listen coming. to me more we Johnny I listen to you a lot okay so Curry had an idea the other day well it came from Larry so Larry uh Marshall talked about how like uh he listens to us while he's Moe's yeah. he sent a text I don't know if we've talked about this in the air but he talked about like he got to finally check off the box where you mentioned therapy in <laughs> the podcast. So it's like his bingo square. Yeah. And then Curry goes, we should have a bingo card. And she goes, I'm going to make it. So she's determined, like, she's nice. trying to find, like, the 12 things that are in every show. I think you brought up therapy today. Yeah, I did. See, Larry? But then, like, bringing up Enneagram Sorry, would be Larry, one for us. Me. Enneagram, therapy, a recovery language. Recovery. Uh, you know, like there's a. I'm just trying to think what the free space would be. The making something into a sermon reference that'll preach. There, that, that's got to happens a lot. A lot of that. Come on now, guys. So yeah. we need to do it. We need to make it, and I'll publish it, and then you can just have it. So yeah. the listeners can just have a bingo card that they know. We do say, isn't that just like our lives? Yeah. Come on now, guys. All these like things that preachers would say. Yeah. You. Always. I wonder if people who aren't immersed in church culture like understand what that is. Right. That we're trying to make everything parallel yeah. to a spiritual thing. Yeah. But we do it in a. Yeah. Sometimes that's being, actually truly being what we're doing. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually what we're doing. Right. But <sighs> we're not perfect, you guys. I would be honored if a bingo card was made. Uh huh. Um. I wonder, like, the band mentioned what might be one. Well, sometimes often. it's like the predictability is almost like you're mocking somebody for being predictable. But also it's like there's a comfort in that. That's why people listen. Right. There are there are gears that we go to that people are expecting. I want to know why Larry's against. Why does Larry hate on yeah. everything? Like, why can't it be? Just that... make your lamps and shut up. I'm yeah. kidding, Larry. <laughs> we we love you. We love you. Teasing. But I do think that there's that's that's the idea. Here's good. This is one of your bingo cards. Okay. Liturgy. Yeah, liturgy. <laughs> so the idea of repetition brings growth and formation. That might be yeah. another word. Um, like a, 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 there's a ritual part of listening to something. It's a familiarity that you have. Yeah, we're like a warm weighted blanket. Yes, we have like. Are lit- you a weighted blanket person? I sleep under several blankets. Which oh, so it's basically me. you've you've invented your own version of it because you're cheap. 
you won't buy the weighted. You just go pile on a fourth blanket. Well, I get. I want to have the ability to take off a layer if it gets hot, Johnny. Okay. So, but you understand the, the, you the principle of the weighted blanket. So, completely out of our friend Alex Veluto, we did a show at this church in MJ, and he did this the darkest bit about a weighted blanket. It was so funny, but you could see, like, he does clubs mostly. Uh-huh. He's very clean. He's a dry bar comic. But it was just funny watching the church people be like, I don't know about this. And he. <laughs> He was closing on it, I think. He started talking about weighted blanket, and he goes, "He goes, who is a weighted blanket?" And somebody says, "He goes, what are you? What are you pushing up? What do you got?" And they were like, "You at twenty five? He goes, I'm at, "He goes, I'm at I'm at fifteen. You're at twenty five? Wow, you got problems." And he's just, it's very funny to compare the weight. It's almost like weightlifters. <laughs> so that was the concept of the joke. And then he goes, "I read they make a fifty pound weighted blanket." And he goes, "That should have to be that should be required to be delivered by a psychiatrist if you get." <laughs> He goes, literally a weighted blanket should just be, they put this on you so you don't jump off the roof. (laughs) And the whole crowd, you could feel them kind of be like, that's a little dark. Yeah, Yeah, that's a little dark for me. It just made me laugh so hard to watch him navigate Uh a a conservative church audience. Right. But it is funny. That should have to be delivered by a psychiatrist. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know. John, uh, I think it's time uh, for uh, a weekly segment that we do. Uh, and it's when we look back in history, John, oh. our shared history. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's the same one we like to call Talk About Then. We like to call it that because that's what it's called. Right. Uh, Leave it to Beaver star Ken Osmond was shot three times this week in 1980. What? Did you know this, John? No. Uh, this was after the Leave It to Beaver run. He had uh, he played Eddie Haskell on TV's Leave It to Beaver, uh, 1957 to 63. He was shot three times while on duty as a Los Angeles policeman. After Leave It to Beaver and a stint in the Army, Osmond joined the L.A. Police Department in 1970, where he worked, so a 10-year career, where he worked as a motorcycle officer. On September 20, 1980, Osmond was shot three times while on a foot chase uh, with a suspected car thief. His bulletproof vest stopped two bullets, and the other ricocheted off his belt buckle. Wow. So this is a pretty wow. advantageous, got pretty lucky there. He was put on disability and retired in 1988. So he, yes, he was a cop for uh, 18 years. The car theft suspect was sentenced to death for another murder. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. I didn't know. Eddie Haskell was actually a pretty brave uh Well, you use Eddie Haskell like as Right, still, that's your it's, condescending. It's for, yeah, and now yeah. it turns out Eddie Haskell became a hero. He was actually a pretty good, well, pretty go. good guy. Uh this is uh, the week, 1977, where we get the phrase in our shared lexicon, jumping the shark. Do you know what it means to jump the shark, John? I do know what it means. Do you know? What is it? Give me a, give me your uh, definition of jumping It's the when shark. a show is tanking, yeah. so they try to come up with a crazy storyline to yeah. try to rescue it, but it's so ridiculous now that they've tanked the show even more, and yeah. that would be on Happy Days when they... Right. He was skiing and jumping yeah. over in a sh- leather jacket and shorts to jump over a shark. Yeah, he ski jumped over an actual shark, and uh, yeah, he jumped a shark in uh, the, an episode September twentieth, nineteen seventy-seven. And it's become a metaphor for when something has passed its peak and is desperately trying to hang on. Another one I remember when would be like Sweeps Week. For some reason, there was like a week in May when all the shows, daytime especially daytime talk shows, it'd be Sweeps Week, and it's like. For whatever reason, the ratings that week were so important. Mm-hmm. So that's when you would have like, you know, I've got an alien baby on Maury Povich. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
And it would just be like, that sweeps week. Well, when Oprah's going to be crazy because it's going to be whatever. And like all of the daytime soap operas would have these crazy, which they were already nuts. Right. But it'd be like, I'm my own grandmother would be on <laughs> Sally, Jesse, Raphael. And I don't know if sweeps week is even still a thing. But I just remember that was a big They group. do sweeps, but I don't know it as a content thing. I know it more as a, in, in the cycle of. Yeah. Broadcast. It's when it, the ratings are so important for whatever reason, right. and you're just desperate for ratings. I think Jumping the Shark is different. It's like the Brady Bunch has run out of steam. Let's get the family a dog, or let's bring in Cousin Oliver Yeah, from another, you know, we're going to adopt a kid. Yeah. And then, like, you try. You're trying to do one. We're throwing anything, anything. at it. The kids have gotten kind of old and awkward looking now. Uh, Bobby's not the cute one anymore. No, Bobby. And so now we need Cousin Oliver. Oh, look, he's got glasses. Yeah. It didn't work out. Johnny, Sorry, Cousin Oliver. It's a pain we all know. It is. So. Okay. <laughs> so the RMS Olympic collision, uh, September 20th, 1911, John. The sister ship of the RMS Titanic and the RMS Britannic collided with the British cruiser HMS Hawk. The Olympic and Hawk were running parallel to each other when the Olympic turned to starboard. And the commander of the Hawk was taken by surprise and was unable to avoid the collision. No one was seriously injured. And here's the trivia part. The Olympic was able to continue under her own power. Uh, one of the women on board, Violet Jessup, survived the sinking of the Titanic and the sinking of the Britannic. So she was on board the Olympic when it collided with this, you know, just randomly in port. Uh-huh. She also survived the Titanic and the Britannic sinkings. Okay. The Britannic, you mean the Br- Britannia? No, it says Britannic. In the Britannic and the Titanic were sister, sister ships, ships. And it sank too? Yeah. Do I don't know this story. This? I don't know. I don't know the sinking Someone of the Britannic. Someone James Cameron. We are missing. Uh, look. Look, during the Rider Strike, this is our this is Violet our Violet Jessup is, she's something, man. She's, uh. <laughs> I'd stop getting on boats, I think. Yeah. Or. If I got on a boat, I'd make sure she was on it with me, because apparently she's going to be okay. I think Violet Jessup jumped the shark. She's she's still getting on boats. Like she's a problem. If your That's boat jumps saying. a shark, there's a good chance it's going to. That sink. series isn't going to yeah. make it. <laughs> uh, finally, John, the panic of 1873. This week, 1873. Yeah, oddly enough, <laughs> be weird if it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no. The New York Stock Exchange is forced to close for the first time yeah. in its history. It reopened 10 days later. The failure of the Jay Cook's bank two days earlier set off a string of bank failures and factories began to lay off workers as U.S. and Europe slipped into a depression that lasted till when, John? It was a long time. Uh, I would say 1879. Yeah, 1879. Oh, there you go. Look at you. You knew the... That's a six-year depression. Yeah, people forget that we had panics. They would call them panics often yeah. more than depression. Um, and the panic would lead to – that's the thing. It's like – and we're seeing this in media. We're seeing this with democracy. We're seeing it with you know, the way we vote, the voting districts. We're seeing – like a loss in public confidence that can be like ginned up and created can create a disaster. Yeah. Even if it's perceived, if it's a perception, like so, it's not that the banks necessarily were failing. It's a perception that the banks can't be trusted. Well, but often what happens is, like today, not to scare anybody, but often what happens is, is there is a um, 
usually it's 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 has to do with it being they're giving out too many loans. Yeah. Right. And in in the rates begin to change. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, suddenly they can't get back what it is they've loaned out and, and so the bank is underfunded now. It's overextended and it's ne- it's necessary for them yeah. to to get their money and they can't. So then that bank fails. I mean, we've seen that recently. Right. Several of the banks have failed. Well, and then they get bailed out by these big banks. Like, they're too big to fail. Right. They're a linchpin of our economy, and so that they get bailed out. Well, then the reason they get bailed out is because, again, one bank going down actually can trigger yeah. a lot because they, the financial systems are so interconnected. But if you go back, this what's crazy. Alexander Hamilton, who mm. really was the sort of mastermind behind what you think of as modern you know, the stock market, that sort of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what would they call it back then? Um, speculation is what they call yeah. it. Like, you know, you get in real trouble as a as a politician if you engage in speculation, basically as an insider trader, because you had knowledge of what was happening in the market. So, like, Thomas Jefferson was against this. He was like, everybody be a farmer and just, you know, spend less than you make. And, you know, it, he didn't, they didn't want this big banking system right. that creates – because it's all based upon loaning. It's all based upon debt. Yeah, Hamilton knew – Actually, us being indebted to other nations and then being indebted to us is actually good because it gives us credit. So yeah. now we have credit to spend because we owe this money and we can make more money. And you never actually get it back, but it and also then keeps you from wanting to go to war. Right. Which is why right now there's tension with China because our, our economic things are are tense. Usually, right. as long as we're in good – We've got a simpatico. We've got a symbiotic exactly. relationship with them. Right. We're buying a ton of their goods and services and they yep. – we owe them a ton of money. And that's our, like, Russian embargo. So, like, if we bomb them, it's like, that's a, one of our biggest customers. Why would we do that? Right. And so, like, that's, that's why I've stayed in a relationship with you. You owe me so much money. So I'm like, much. how can I break ties? What would be the I'll point? never get it back. If you put an embargo on me, right. what's it going to do? You'll never get a your money back. John Bargo. That's what they, that's what they call that. <laughs> I would never do it, John. Johnny, I appreciate that. I don't care if you never pay me back. Well, I'm glad. You'll never be able to, honestly. It's not going to happen. Because it's not just money. It's... Compounded interest. It is. It's oh. a... It's a... I don't know. It's life. I've, you've drained life from me. Right. You know what I mean? Who would I be if I hadn't drained life from you? You know, some people are like... they're a nur- It's like a nourishing person in your life. And some people you are like, I gotta... I just... Like, when you leave the room, I gotta... You lay down. I do. Like, this can't, this can't go on like this, can it? How many years? I got to recharge. What sort of weird person are you to keep doing this then? I don't know. Johnny, you need to take some therapy turns. I need to take stock. Like right now. Of things. I just forgive and I move on. You know what I mean? That's what it sounds like. It is. I just. <laughs> it sounds exactly like you. <laughs> it is. I don't even like. Here's the thing. I would never even bring it up. I'm glad you wouldn't. Yeah. Why would you? I wouldn't. No. It would say. It says a lot about you that you haven't. It's hurt. Like, why hurt somebody? Right. Just hold it. So. Yeah. That's what sta- I would to say. To state it all, you can never go back from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. I would never talk about it for like. 200 hours. No. How many hours have we talked on this podcast? I think 100 and... No, sorry. Over 280 episodes. 270 something. If you want to find those episodes, folks, you <laughs> we, can go We don't know how many. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com. There's also a link where if you want to support the show, we love your support. We have some new supporters. Yeah. We should recognize them at some point. Uh, free gifts are on their way, new supporters. But uh, we love our supporters. If you want to do that, you can get ad-free content. And then also leave us a comment. There's a little comment bubble down there. That's how you can send the show an email directly. If you want to 
ask a question or if there's something that you want to say, hey, we really like this, we really hated that, uh, please don't say hateful things. No, it hurts. We're very sensitive. But if you want to do that, that's a way to get in touch with the show. Leave a, a review uh, and uh, give us five stars if you want, if you want Go to. On now. That's how it uh, helps people find the show. And uh, anyway. Don't be so principled you leave a four-star review. Like, what's the point of that? Really? Yeah. Nobody's perfect, so right. I can't. I reserve five stars for only perfect shows. No. no. At that point, you're just inside your Didn't we head. already say in the first part of the show that nobody gets to perfection? We covered this. And so now that we said it, people are responsible for it. Yes. Yeah. So um, if you left a four-star review, we need you to go back and retract it yeah. and, and make it right. Guys, because you are that one star to us. Wait. Yes. You're one star people to us. <laughs> I want additional stars. Greg Warren, great comedian. He has a bit about that, about one star families. Like, we were a one star family, leaving bad reviews at, you know, three star hotels. We were a, we were a one star family staying there. We did not deserve to be there. He goes, and my, my dad would say, like, I pay taxes. He goes, anytime you hear somebody screaming about they pay taxes, they mean sales tax. They're not, they're one star people. <laughs> it's funny. That's great. But we, we feel like you are five-star people. Absolutely. And we, we appreciate it. Everything you. we said was in jest. Yes. We were oh, just joshing. Guys, we get around around Just here. being jocular. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you should check out Johnny's comedy, Johnny W, J-O-N-N-I-E dot W.com. J-O-N-N-I-E-W. You butchered that worse than I butchered the the ships that hit each other. I was like reading sentences that are tied together. I apologize. I butchered that. The Britannic and the Titanic. and Yeah. I don't know what happened. Just look uh, go, for the weirdest spelling of Johnny you can find. Go to, without the H, go to johndriver.com with yeah. an H, and yeah. you can find out about John's latest published works. Oh. So many. A library. Really? It's a, of learning for you. Yeah. And self-interest and self-help. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. There's self-interest sounds like it's very I, please, narcissistic. Not, yeah, I'm sorry. It's Are you really. self-interested? <laughs> You'll love John's work. <laughs> I will teach you the ins and outs of real narcissism. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it. Do it the right way. Yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for the time you gave us today. It was a lot of fun. We'll see you next week on Talk About That.
Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.